Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, it's all a part of the game. If I ain't the cold man or the dope man, I'm almost for sure, man. I gotta take it, no need to say shit. I'm gon' take it. Robberies turn homicide, it's nothing to play with. Make money, make, make, make money. When shit hit the fan, we'll take money. Southside. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast, and we will be recapping Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Episode 5, and the episode was called Choose Your Battles, and I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about this episode. People are like, yay! Yep, and yeah, I know it's fresh in your mind because you literally just, you know, watched it right before before this. Um, but yeah, I just want to remind everyone that, you know, this is a show we do every week. Uh, it takes us a lot of time to, to do the show. We have to take time out of our busy schedules. So please, if you enjoy this, hit the like button. Consider subscribing to the channel also. If you want to see more of our content, you know, we review games, movies, TV shows, pop culture, stuff in general. So um, check out the channel, consider subscribing, and also leave a comment as well if you have any feedback or if there's something you want to say about Raising Canaan, uh, drop a comment, you know, in in this because it definitely helps out. Um, so yeah, th- this was a pretty interesting episode. Um, lots to to kind of dissect here, um, and of course we had that huge, you know, um, plot twist at the end of the episode, which was quite interesting. Um, and this, you know, this is going to put a lot of things into perspective now, and, and it's going to force us to kind of think back to things that we've seen in previous episodes. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to begin with our takeaways, and then we'll get to some questions. And we also have some news topics about power to discuss later on as well. So uh, let's get right into the takeaways. So I'm going to start with you first, Dana, since the episode is fresh in your mind. Fresh. So very fresh. <laughs> let us know uh, your your takeaways for this week. All right. So we had a lot of um, uh, very interesting things that happened that I really wanted to point to one that was, that was good. Uh, first off, we do have to deal with I cannot remember this man's name. Omar Epps character, um, with his bone marrow and the fact that, you know, they tested the family and Howard. Howard, thank you. So they tested Howard's family and there are no matches. And so they were like, Oh, we'll die at an exercise and you know, he was just basically you can see that he was very sad about it, but he did a really great job of kind of hiding the emotions and he's still smoking. Uh but the doctor did say, you know, maybe if you change certain lifestyle style activities and also change your diet it can help to slow down the progression and he just didn't really seem like he was enthusiastic about it like there was much hope to hang on to so this really makes me think that because of this what else does he have to lose so he can easily be a man who can either make callous mistakes or go after people at this point now you know without any kind of repercussions because to him He's dying, uh, but the interesting thing is doctors are very straight to the point with you, 
So if you were to say, you know, how long do I live? Or if you just say, tell me how bad is it? Am I dying? They will tend to give you a ballpark estimate. Be like, yes, you know, if things continue as the way it is. You may have this amount of much or you may have, you know, a certain amount of time left. But what was really interesting to me is because of how I interact with doctors a lot. They were, she really wasn't committed to saying anything at all. So I wonder if, you know, he'll be around for the second season, how long he's able to stave off what's going on with the cancer. Um, will how, how the cancer will end up affecting him, you know, his body, his mental state. So this has a lot to come into play with the cases that he's working on and also with the training day cop that's assigned with him. How she doesn't know anything as well. So maybe she'll start picking things up that's not in the ordinary, something that's out of the ordinary. So that was one of the main things that stood out. Another thing, even though it wasn't like a big standout, was the part where um, they got, they was going into the houses, the different apartments to look for stash houses. And the man was already in his, like he came in and was like, wait, what are you doing here? That kind of situation with the house. Um, it reminded me very much again of New Jack City. Remember that scene where the guy got tossed out of the window and that terrified me as a child. I'm forever traumatized. Um, that reminded me directly of that scene. I honestly thought he was going to die, but they just beat him up. Marvin beat him up. And that was only because he was trying to show his like, manliness because in the previous um, segment, we had him with Lulu and every, you know, Lulu saying how stupid and dumb he was for the stash house incident and almost getting Kanan killed. And that whole scene with Raquel, she really laid into him. Which kind of wondered, made me wonder how were they, how did they act when they were kids? You know, cause she really put everyone in line. I was like, oh shoot, is that your sister or your mama? She, she really is amazing and has that kind of really strong backbone where she knows exactly what she wants and she's willing to get it. And she's willing to talk to, you know, her brothers like, hey, you stupid idiot, you screwed up everything. And the fact that, you know, it involved her son made her extra you know, we don't know what's going to really go on now. And it kind of was the turning point where I felt that this is when Lulu is going to start doing side quests. He's going to start and doing things on his own that may purposely harm what's going on with Raquel and what she has going on as a form of revenge or payback or that whole screw you. I'm going to do me type of situation. You know, that attitude that people have. So that also was really stuck into my mind. And also, we have to talk about the big plot twist in the end we'll get into. What about the birth date of, of Kanan and who, who's that baby daddy situation? Um, that was really like an oh my God moment. I mean, they think Gary kind of heard me when I was watching. Like, oh my God! You know, that was one of those really strong moments. And also, um, the whole situation with Jukebox and the girl whose name I can't remember. I'm sorry to her. Nicole. But Nicole. So that whole situation with the Nicole thing, and of course we bake spaghetti. I've never baked spaghetti in my life. Maybe I'm yeah, cooking wrong. Yeah, like I, I, I thought that was weird because because uh, uh, what's her name, Jukebox was was saying like this is a common way that you know pe- that folks cook spaghetti, and I'm like, what? Like maybe people, she means people do that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like lasagna to me. So yeah, exactly. That's that's like what we would do with lasagna, but like spaghetti, what in the oven? 
Like, and, and I know, I noticed that uh, that's what Kanan did last week when he was cooking for uh, for Raquel as well. So this more like, is this a Queens thing? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, do, do I need to call up Nas or something and see what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was like an eighties thing. I don't know, but um, that really did stand out. Also, it was really interesting, which is like a little small blip. When her, when Nicole's parents was yelling at Dufox about that whole situation when she found her kissing on the bed, remember the, the, what was it? The mother freaked out and the dad was genuinely lost and confused. She started screaming, if you come back here, I'm going to tell the police that you raped my daughter, which you know, is a common thing that has been happening to the black community. Yeah. So I thought that was a really great nod of how they just added that in there. Also, another really cute thing that they added in there, when Marvin was reenacting the whole stash house situation, he kind of did the soldier boy impression. And then I shot him, bang! And it was over there, bang, bang! And then he got me, bang! Shot him there, boom! That whole thing. So that was really cute how they just kind of just slid that in there really nicely. But overall, excellent episode. I loved all of what they did. They really captured the environment of the 80s. That computer, my God, that was a computer that they used. But yeah, they did a really great job, really great episode, really great acting once again. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next episode. Oh, and also, they're cooking crack, which I learned oh, yeah. you, 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 it's something you do. Because I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. It's like yeah. an amazing thing. They, they were doing that blocks away from you in the 80s. Like, I wasn't I even here. I, I mean, I'm like, I literally had to be like, Mom, was this true? <laughs> Mom, were they throwing people out their houses in order to get the stash house? Yes, baby. <laughs> what? You lived through that? Yes. So, that was everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's real. Um, but yeah, excellent takeaways. Um, I'm ahead right into to my takeaways right now. Um, and yeah, so what I like the first thing I enjoyed about this episode is that like we kind of got to see the first sign of tension between Kanan and Jukebox because we saw they kind of got into it and it clashed a little bit. Um, and you know, um, so you know, and Kanan, there was that moment where Kanan like said, I, I know your secrets. And he said it in like a threatening way as if, you know, he wouldn't be scared to tell people, uh, you know, the secrets. And if my memory serves me correctly, um, in, in the OG Power series, Jukebox says something about, you know, her fault when her father found out, you know, about her sexuality or something. And, and there was some, some kind of discourse there or something like that. Right. So. I'm wondering if this is something Kanan tells Marvin or something, or or if he finds out another way, you know, so. I feel that Jukebox is going to try to contact Nicole, and mm-hmm. Nicole's parents are going to find out. And maybe that's when, because they like to investigate. Right. So maybe that's in, in some investigation, and they find out who her father is, and they go and tell the father. I yeah. don't at this that, moment feel that Kanan is going to tell his uncle. Okay, yeah, that that could very much be the case, also. But just, yeah, just, like just the fact that Kanan said that it made me think, like, is is he going to tell someone though? Like, so I'm I'm just wondering if that's you know something that might happen. But uh, but yeah, that that was interesting to see. And then um, 
And then, you know, she, she actually said something interesting. You know, she said she knows a lot of secrets in the family. So when she said that, I'm wondering if she's kind of like hinting at when she saw, um, Uncle Lulu pick up D Wiz, you know, the night he disappeared, the night he died, you know, so cause she obviously saw that. So she knows that Lulu probably has something to do with that. Right. So. I'm wondering if that's what she was referring to when she says she knows a lot of secrets in the family. Um, so yeah, it was kind of interesting to see, you know, some tension and, and I do kind of like the, there's been a lot of tension lately between the family, like, cause we also see in this episode that Uncle Lulu and Marvin kind of get into it and have like a, a sibling, you know, scuffle. Um, and, and yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. an only child. Is that a thing? It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's definitely a thing, <laughs> like especially especially with 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 you know males like you know because testosterone and everything like you you're gonna clash you're gonna fight you know <laughs> um, me, me and my brother don't really fight anymore but like you know when we was young young yep. yeah definitely wrestling definitely. wrestling yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that is the thing and and I liked seeing that because you know right after it, it wasn't like they they continued to feel upset at each other like they they had their fight and then you know lulu kept it moving and you know that was it after that like and, and marvin was back to joking around again so that that's exactly like a brotherly you know scuffle um that's that's how it goes like you you fight you get your you know you get your uh, your feelings off and then that's it you just you know you just continue as normal after that so so that was cool to see um and uh, another thing is, um, um, so yeah, I noticed as well, I noticed like more than ever, like in this episode, how much Kanan and Jukebox sound like their, their older counterparts. Like it seems like they really studied, you know, the characters and they, they actually talk like them. Like Kanan talks like 50 Cent often. He looks um, like him. Yeah, they look alike too, yeah. <laughs> like, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen the picture of that 50 cent poster where um, it has like their faces half and half. Yeah. And they, they like, they really look alike. So, so yeah, um, there's that. But it seems like the, both those actors, you know, and they're so young, that's why it's like so astounding, like to see. But, um, you know, they, they, they really studied the speech patterns of the older versions of, of the characters because they sound exactly like them. A jukebox as well. You know, she, she sounds exactly like, like, you know, she even sometimes like her facial features, like the way she talks and stuff, it, it looks like that jukebox from, from OG Power. So yeah, they're, they're doing a really great job of playing those characters. Um, and that, that stood out a lot to me in this episode. Um, and yeah, like the way, the way Howard dropped that bombshell at the end was, it was so well done. Like it's, it's one of those twists where it's like, he says it and then, you know, instantly you're like, wait, how did I not see that coming? And then like your mind just goes racing backwards to, to, to see all of the signs. And then you start seeing all of the signs clear as day. You know, but it's like, how, how didn't we catch this? Like, so yeah, it, it was very well done, well planted. Cause I haven't seen anyone theorize about that before. Like, I haven't seen anyone, you know, say anything like that, that Howard's Kanan's father or anything. So the fact that they, they dropped that bombshell 
And then it all makes sense. You know, when you think back, it's like, wow, they were, they were, you know, hinting towards this for a while. Um, and I guess it, now it makes sense why we're seeing Howard struggle with leukemia and everything and, and them saying that there's no matches, you know, so it's, it, it's clear to see now that, you know, we're probably going to have a situation where he does have a match. And, uh, the question is going to be, you know, well, that raises a lot of questions. Like, first of all, will Kanan know about this? Like, will he find out that that's his father straight away or will they keep it from him? And then, you know, um, will Howard ask Raquel, you know, if, if, you know, uh, that could be an option where Kanan becomes the donor or whatever? Will he even raise that as a question? You know, um, so there's so many things that come from this revelation. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how they explore it. Go ahead, Dana. For me, what was interesting, and the good you brought that up was, remember the blood, the bloody was the lip, and then it focused directly on the blood after they did the, the birth, because the year where they had, um, for, for, what was it, Rondell? Um, Mm -hmm. I wonder, one of two things, that, I thought he was going to do a DNA test, but I don't know what the DNA situation was looking like back in the 80s. I wonder if he's going to use that blood in order to test it to see if he's a match for the donor right. situation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think it's going to be used for. And then he'll probably end up lightly threatening uh, Raquel with mm-hmm. you know revealing the truth to Kanan if, if he can probably use his uh, bone marrow. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's likely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy twist. Um, and there's more I could speculate about, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let Rich, you know, talk about his and then we can talk more about it after. So, Rich, what are your takeaways from this episode? Okay, uh, first and foremost, let me just say excellent takeaways as always from the both of you. Um, before I get into my takeaways, I have some paperwork here. I want to take a look at this. Uh, the results are in. Uh, in the case of 15 year old Kanan Stark, Howard, you are the father. Yes. And if you watch, uh, bad TV, bad TV shows, you probably know what I'm talking about. But I just want to say, first takeaway. That was very well done. I think you both have already said it. It was very well done. Uh, it explained so much about why they focused on Howard and his health condition. Um, and, and for the, and, and it does leave a lot of possibilities open. You know, I, I know that you both said that, uh, you asked the question, could Kanan potentially find out? Uh, because of how th- things badly has gone for Kanan as he gets older, I, I think it's a situation where he may find out, but it might be too late. Because you know Howard may be on his deathbed by w- w- when that actually happens, but um, we'll see. But I, I just I really like how that was that twist was thrown in there, um, because it adds more to the character. We you know the whole time when this show started, we wondered who was he going to side with Raquel or uh, Unique. And one thing that you like, Gary, because we had a conversation about this as well, is that you said. Potentially, now we know why Howard sort of has a vendetta with Raquel, because 
But 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 it adds more to it because he didn't know. He obviously didn't know Kanan was his son until this episode. But you know, whenever ever anytime he spoke to Unique, he was like, "Oh yeah, Unique, I'm I'm in your corner. I will I will help you out." So it's kind of like he had some type of beef with her. Obviously, the relationship didn't end well. Whatever relationship they had previously. So he could have been a little bit bitter about that. But now to know that Kanan is his son, it really opens up the storytelling to a lot of different possibilities. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, obviously it will not end well because none of these characters are in, were in the regular power series. So I kind of am fearful of what that means for what happens to them, but we'll see about that. Um, my other takeaway from this episode. You both have touched on this, and I'm just going to touch on it a little bit further. I feel as though Kanan, you know, the whole beef between Kanan and Jukebox, it's like Kanan is very much delusional and in denial because that whole fight started is because she said, hey, I believe Davina is the one that ratted you out. And as soon as he as, as she said that, he just completely just turned completely evil, said, no, I know a lot of secrets about you. And I'm pretty sure other people would not want to hear about these secrets. So it's like I, I was a little surprised that he would even think that Scrappy was the one that would essentially. Now, I understand you see that Scrappy is there. You think that this is a competition between you and Scrappy. But I was a little surprised that the character would think Scrappy, he would do all this because he doesn't want to see me, you know, take his spot, all this other stuff. But the thing is this, if Scrappy was the one that ratted him out, he's also ratting out where he actually works at. Because he also is in that stash house. That's why I would thought the character is just completely delusional and in denial that Davina is the one that said something. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Because again, they, they didn't have a conversation in this episode. You didn't see her at all in this episode. So whenever they have their next conversation, I'm curious to see how that goes. Because... We, we, we obviously know that, yes, she, she did tell Unique this information. So we'll see where that goes. Um, of course, we, you, y'all touched on the whole thing with Jukebox. And that was, yeah, that was very rough to see that reaction by the mother, the parents in general, but the mother specifically. And the thing is, is that because they were so carefree, kissing in the bed, I actually thought that was going to happen at last week. When they start, when they were kissing in the bed, I figured if they keep doing that sooner or later. We know how many times the parents just barge in and then they see something that they didn't intend to see. So I figured that was going to happen at some point, but the reaction, the mother's reaction is just like, wow, like that's just craziness. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, like, I, I, well, one thing about that scene that had me like laughing was mm-hmm. like the dad just kept like, he kept saying, "Will somebody tell me what's going on?" Like over and over. <laughs> like, is isn't it obvious from what she's saying? Like, <laughs> I was, was surprised funny. she didn't call her the N word. Yeah, oh, I thought that. that. I thought that was what it was going to go to that. But it felt like it, it felt like it was coming. It was, it was coming there though. That 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 happened when when uh, when, when jukebox left the house. That's when that happened. <laughs> So, so we didn't even see that part because because that's when they do it when we're not around. That's when they stop letting that fly. So I was confused about one thing. Remember when she was walking down the street and she was crying and there was yeah. a couple, the white couple. That yeah. wasn't the parents, were they? Was it? No, I think no, that no. Was just a, 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 okay. Couple. 
Yeah. I legit thought, like, in that moment, she was going to kill them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I also thought she was going to do take some type of do some type of violent act against them because I was wondering why they showed that. Um, yeah, that was really confusing. Well, this isn't the last we'll see of this situation. Like, you know, we're this is going to escalate and lead to something else, and. Uh, you know, maybe it will lead to Nicole showing up where Jukebox lives or something down the line. Yeah, I, I don't see them breaking up because of the, the, the yeah. thing The thing that people should know as a parent, by now you should know, if you try very hard to control what your kid does, then they will do whatever they want to do. So yeah. I, this is, yeah, the relationship is going to continue, but it's a matter of what's going to happen. How is it going to escalate? Because we know that either the mother or father will catch them. The mother, most likely, since the mother is the one that's just, like, very offended that my daughter would be messing around with another girl. I mean, I was very surprised with that response. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm curious to see what people thought about a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. The final takeaway I want to mention, very briefly, is the love triangle that is about to go in a very bad direction with Crown Camacho, uh, Jessica, and Lulu. Because you saw, you know, in this episode, you know, obviously Crown Camacho, he has not been paying his people. Lulu comes in there and then gives money, flashes money, gives money to some of his some of his workers. And then at the end of the episode, he decides to get busy with Jessica in the same studio. Now, we already know that Crown Camacho has been pushing up on Jessica as well. So it's only a matter of time before this situation gets out of control. This episode would make you believe, okay, everything is fine. Everybody is still working together. But I kind of feel like it's coming. It's a matter of time. And it could be something whereas, because she is going to be in the frame of mind, well, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to maintain this relationship so that my brother can be successful. And we already know that Crown Camacho, he can, he can take that in a negative context and try to do other things that you're not supposed to do to try and make sure that he gets what he wants out of this as well. So it's only a matter of time. I'm just curious to see how it's going to spiral. You know, we did see that Jukebox finally did get her chance. And that was, I was great to see that payoff where Lulu helped her to get into recording. So that, that, that was cool. That was cool to see that. But, uh, the whole thing with the love triangle, this is not going to end well. And I'm just curious how they're going to steer it in the direction of, cause we saw the flirtatious stuff between Camacho and Jessica in the previous episode, so it's not like he's not going to still try and, and get close to her. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that they have sort of like a, a music slash hip-hop uh, storyline going on in this as well. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the, this era that, you know, they're depicting is like it was like my golden age, you know, like um, of hip hop kind of thing. So I like that they have that kind of story and I'm, I can't wait to see how that plays out as well. And I like that, you know, Lulu and Marvin, they all have their own like side stuff going on too. That's, that's really cool to see, mm -hmm. uh, especially with like Lulu and stuff. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So uh, was that all of your takeaways or did you have more? Oh no, that, that's, that's pretty much all of them. I think y'all covered the other takeaways. But yes, okay. uh, uh, excellent episode. Yeah, excellent indeed. Um, uh, I, I won't say my favorite so far. I think my favorite was last week's, but this was really good too. Um, <laughs> and you know, Unique was good in this also. Um, 
And, and that's another thing um, that, you know, I guess we'll get into this right now uh, as the first question. So, you know, we saw what happened between Kanan and Scrappy. They had a fight, you know, because Kanan believes that he he's the one that gave up, you know, the location of the stash house and everything. So they had a fight and that led to Howard, you know, pick, picking them up and everything. Um, and then, you know, later on, we see that Scrappy actually joins with Unique. Um, he has a meeting with Unique and they embrace him and they invite him into the team. Um, so I want to ask you guys, do you see Scrappy being, uh, being, uh, loyal to Unique? Uh, because, you know, my thing is that, you know, we saw a scene which wasn't very well explained, but we see a scene where after Scrappy is released from, from, you know, police custody later on, he runs into, uh, into Raquel. And they have a conversation in the car. And then the next thing we see is that he's over at Unique, you know. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys, you know, is Scrappy loyal to Unique now? Or, you know, is he still kind of working with Raquel? So, Rich, what, like, what do you think of that? I think that was very well done and very intentional to make you question whether or not he's loyal to one side over the other. Uh, we saw in this episode, and it, when he was mentioned before... Scrappy was mentioned, yeah, one of the most loyal people to Raquel on the whole team. So, you know, obviously the whole thing with Kanan, maybe he has some of those feelings towards Kanan that, yes, he is her son. So he's kind of going to get preferential treatment in some regards. But I don't think he would turn on Raquel because the thing is, is that you saw in the previous episode, Unique had it, you know, in his boys. They were the ones to make the first move in terms of uh, actually trying to hold up, you know, they held, holding up Kanan and stealing a supply. So I would think that in a game of chess or any game for that matter, the other side now has to make a move. And I think that Scrappy is the move to get him in there. Now, the question is whether or not he ends up turning on them later, because I think the conversation with Raquel, the reason they didn't show that is because they want you to think. It, this can go either way. Either he's working with Raquel still or he's working with the other side. That's why I said it's very smart because this show has a lot of questions that it's throwing at you to try and think about, which is what will keep you watching to figure out what the, what the answer is going to be. But I don't think that Scrappy is turned on Raquel. Can it happen later, uh, down the road? If perhaps, uh, you know, he actually starts to work with Unique's crew and starts to build a bond with them. Absolutely. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is Raquel's strategy because we know that she likes to strategize and plan things out. So um, for now, I'm going to say I, I think Scrappy is working still with Raquel. That's my thought. OK. And, and what do you think, Daniel? Oh, there we go. I cannot tell you. I'm literally at 50 50. Um, I initially was going to say yes, that he's going to go work on the other side because he just got his behind beat. And if you look at the, the whole dynamics, remember everything that he was saying as he was getting his butt beat was like, oh, you're not, uh, what's this dude's name? You're not Rondell. Basically saying you're not your father's son in the sense of, you know, he would have killed me already. Man up, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Uh, so it kind of made me feel like he was trying to test him and that he was very angry towards what was going on 
with uh, Kanan and also Raquel by extension. So that's why I would have said that, oh, he's crossing over to the other side. But um, that whole car scene, like you were saying, it was what threw me off. Because they could have easily had the conversation to be like, look, this is what I want you to do. Pull this move and let them think that you're switched over and you're on their side. But here's the thing that I come into question. For me, it feels like Unique is not dumb. And Unique would also think this as well. And he could be testing Scrap to see how loyal is he. Or he could be feeding him misinformation. You know when you get that person that misinformation and they go run off and tell other people? And then you'll know exactly um, if that person is, is the one that's ratting and, and is against you. So you have also that dynamic at play. So I really cannot answer that question for you. Do I believe eventually if we get, you know, mid season or even a season two, will that happen? Absolutely. We all know within the power universe, anyone can cross over at any time. Um, I just don't know when. And I don't know what's going to be that reason why. I don't know if something between Oh, Kanan and Raquel has too much power, or if it's yeah, it makes him feel important that he can do that double uh, spy thing. He's a double mole, so it just really depends on the situation and in that person. And I honestly, I, I don't know. That little fight that they had with Kanan also could be a way to man him up. You know, he really it didn't look like he was taking that fight too seriously. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. But oh, that's cute little, you know, you have a little puppy dog trying to come and kick my behind. That's cool. So I just don't know at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you said something, uh, you know, very uh, important there because when we see Scrappy having the conversation with Unique, you can see like the uh, the 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 expressions on on the other people's faces in the room. You know, Unique's people like. They definitely look like they don't. They don't trust this guy, and if they <laughs> <laughs> if they don't trust this guy, then I don't think Unique does either. You know, <laughs> so so yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking Unique probably doesn't all the way trust him either, but he's going to play the situation to his advantage somehow. Can I can I, can I just yeah. ask, can I just ask a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you feel like? Maybe you're a little disappointed that Unique did not have a reaction to his boy getting shot last week. At least, we, at least I don't recall seeing that at all during that, yeah. during that whole interaction. I guess that means he was. Uh, I guess that means he don't care. Like maybe he was expendable. We saw him when he killed him. You know, it looked like it was a painful murder. You oh, know. Yeah. When you- if yep. you take, you know, regular murders, pow, pow, dead. You know, you're like Marvin, and I shot, pow, and I'm here, pow. No, it was just one of those moments where it's like he didn't want to do it. It was like that whole, am I my brother's keeper type of action, you know, uh, moment that they had to beat. Yes. Are you talking about the the guy that Unique killed or the, Wait, the guy that Marvin? I'm, 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 I'm talking about the fact that Unique's friend, the guy that Marvin shot at the end of the episode, I was expecting yeah. him to oh, have a reaction. Him. Oh, him. No, he's suspensable. Who was he? The yeah. <laughs> he was expendable, you know. He was expendable. You know, he was big on the credit. It was like random dude number two. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, he, he's a suicide squad guy. 
like, (laughs) so, um, but yeah, like, I, I, I don't think they trust, uh, Scrappy all the way, and, and then you see, um, well, after the fight with Kanan, I believe one of Unique's guys was outside or something, right, and he saw That's He's, the one that saw it, and that was the one that was said tried to basically help to facilitate that meeting between him and Unique. Right. So, yeah. so maybe maybe that guy thinks that Scrappy's for real, but yeah, yeah, but, um, I think so. Yeah, but I, I don't know about the others. And, and and I I feel like Unique is too smart. Like he's he's just as calculating as Raquel, which makes this great. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but what was you gonna say, Dana? See, I'm taking it from the side of if I was henchman number five on Unique's team, and I see Scrap. Um, I'm, was it Scrap? Yeah, I see Scrap changing sides over, and now going with Unique. Wouldn't someone alert um, Raquel as to what they saw, or do you keep it hush hush? I mean, if it was for real, they would probably keep it hush hush. Like, okay. If it was for real. And just just let Raquel find out whenever she finds out, kind of thing. Um, I don't think anyone would report to her, but but yeah. I, um, go, I, go just, I, I, I just want to throw a little side note. It, it, you know, now so now based off of this discussion and how that character died, it doesn't mean anything. This made me think about Power Season Six when Ghost goes to try to kill Tommy. You know what I'm talking about, Gary? Because we spoke about this on this on this same podcast, where you see Tommy's car is leaving, and then one of Jason's guys just gives his life, goes outside, and gets, gets shot up in the car. Yeah, and that's exactly what I thought of. And Jason didn't care after that. He's like, whatever. So yeah, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, season six was amazing in its own way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it, yeah, it would be interesting to see, um, how, you know, how this plays out with Scrappy. But, um, let's lead into, you know, the next question. Um, so, uh, wait, I might insert another question here. Let me see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let me insert a real quick question here before I go to, you know, the big one, right? So, do you, do you think that Kanan has finally given Symphony his blessing and that he's, you know, com- he's 100% comfortable with him now? Cause I guess he did kind of, you know, help him out a little bit by, you know, picking him up and everything. We, we know Raquel was gonna, uh, find out anyway. Well, she did cause, you know, Howard came and everything, but, um, you know, do you, do you feel like he trusts Symphony now and that he's kind of given him his blessing that, okay, you're, you're with my mom and I accept it now. You know, do you think he's at peace with that fact now? What do you think, Daniel? I don't think he's ever at peace with some dude, um, being with his mother, just in general. <laughs> but I think that he, they've grown to an understanding and there's a mutual respect. Uh, remember the very last scene with them together where he gave him his phone number? Um, and he said, well, it's so weird because I'm like, wait, just pull out your cell phone. But he gave him his, cell, his um, phone number and was like, if you need anything, even just to hang out, you know, not just when you're in trouble, but just to hang out, you know, call me. And he didn't respond in a type of negative way. Like, remember that scene that we saw initially when Symphony was at the computer 
like negative to me like what are you doing we didn't see that there was a, an agreement towards them they're very friendly now he complimented on his observation you know told him how intelligent he was and he responded by telling him how great the classes were you know there wasn't any kind of hostility where at first remember when he saw the class that it was since me that was teaching he was like oh man you know look at my life i hate this right now it was like hey it, to me it seemed like he was coming to class willingly then he was excited to learn yeah oh no continue i'm going to oh. say something after you're done oh okay and then you know at the very end he said oh you you really like my mom and he's like yeah i do he's like i like that I think that nod and that little exchange was uh, literally I give you my approval. Yeah. I may not 100% trust you, but I give you my approval. So yeah, right. I think they're all right. Okay. And and what do you think, Richard? Uh I think they are on good terms. How, however, I will I will say this. Uh I think it's that happened very quickly. How last week like he didn't really want to have nothing to do with Symphony, you know, it was a little some tension, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the next episode, that's why I was curious how much time has passed. It's a couple of days have passed because they mentioned it in this episode when Raquel finds the, the shirt. She said, oh, yeah, it's about, been about three or four days. I thought you were going to say something. You didn't say anything. So I, I thought that was a little quick that uh, they turned around. But but I think, yeah, he's I think he pretty much is accepting of him now. I do think that he is, however, putting Symphony in trouble by telling him stuff that Raquel does not know. And he did. Symphony did say, if Raquel asked me, I will tell I will tell her the truth. Yeah. But uh, that's a very risky situation to put this guy in, you know, especially in a relationship. You know, you need to be honest. So. <laughs> no, I thought that was a really great response to say, I respect your mother enough. And also, I'm terrified of her to <laughs> not lie to her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that was actually the best response because would you want your mother to be with a man who's purposely keeping secrets? No, no, no. So, no, no, no. I, 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 I agree. I really like that. No, I, I oh. agree. I, I, I agree that I like that he is that, that type of individual. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I think Kanan, though, to try and tell him the secrets and then say, oh, don't tell my mom. I say Kanan is the one putting him in. Yeah, it's a, oh, yeah. A, a risky the, situation. But yeah. no, but he responded by saying, "I'm going to tell her." Oh yeah, yeah. If she yeah. asked, so he wasn't even like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide it. I'm on your side." It was like, "No, I'm telling her." Yeah, he, yeah, he just. Yeah, I'm not yeah, dying. That's good. I, I like, I like that response. Yes. So, yeah. Let him know. It's a responsible, you know, responsible uh, answer because it's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you out a little by not mentioning it, but if, if she brings it up, then I'm gonna tell her. So. Mm-hmm. It's you know he's he's showing kind of understanding to both parties I guess so yeah he's smart I like Symphony yeah he, he's responsible so that's good but now now that we see what happened at the end right with Howard does this now put the tension you know between Symphony and Howard now if if this you know starts to un- unravel. Like about each other. I mean, we, we saw them have a, t- a tense exchange in this episode when when Symphony comes to to collect Kanan. You know, they kind of have like um, a, a a moment of tension. Well, we know Symphony don't like cops, and he don't like them profiling and going after other black men. So that 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 I think is something that yeah, definitely was something you notice in this episode. 
And that and that and, and this is why I say Kanan is smart because he played that to his advantage and say, well, because they had been they had a conversation about some of this stuff before he got arrested. They had a conversation in the classroom, did they not, about uh, how the how the world views black men and stuff like that? And then later in the episode, he said, oh well, that was smart for him to call him because he figured he was going to be the one that could possibly get him out of the situation. So. Um, yeah, but to ask the answer the question, I mean, that's a very good question. Uh, I don't really, obviously, he doesn't know what the story is between Howard and Raquel and the fact that that's Kanan, that that's his son. Um, but obviously, like from from uh, from Howard's perspective, obviously he knows that something happened between him and Raquel. Oh, so yeah. like, so oh, for yeah. this guy, for this guy to show up and start defending Kanan and stuff. But, He's probably but, thinking in his head, oh, this is who she's with now? Okay. No. So. <laughs> no, here's what doesn't make any sense because Symphony seems to be like a guy who's mature. And that was, oh, yeah, what, 15, course. 16 years ago, depending mm-hmm. on the lie of the year of how old Kanan is. Yeah. So from that perspective, I don't think he cares. Oh, yeah. Sy- Symphony doesn't, you know. Symphony doesn't care. Omar yeah. F. Well, Howard, at this point, maybe Moody. And then maybe testy against against him, yeah. simply you know because of the fact of the age difference, and and maybe a little bit jealous. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I I I I don't think uh, if they have tension, I don't think I don't really know. I don't really believe it'll be about Raquel. It's about the fact that he when Kanan told him, oh yeah, it's just the cops are just just messing around with me. So if he sees that Howard is, if he happens to be, you know, visiting or over the house, whatever, he sees Howard outside looking at Raquel's house, trying to look and check up on Kanan, then he may say something because he's going to feel like, oh, this, what is this guy's vendetta with, with, with Kanan? So I kind of feel like, because, because again, how Kanan presented this whole conversation to him is that, oh, yeah, this is just the, the cops just messing around with me. It isn't nothing. I didn't do anything and all this other stuff. So now, I could see there still be intention between them if those two happen to be in the same area and it just so happens that Howard is having a conversation or stopping Kanan to say something to him. That would definitely create an issue between them two. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, but we'll see. And now I'm wondering if there's any connection between Howard and DEFCON. Like if, you know, if they encountered each other somehow, because... Because he referenced Defcon in this episode, where he said, "You know, Kanan's yep. not Defcon's kid." You know, and so. he said, he, "Yeah, he, he was able to say when he went away to jail, and that was how he put the time and time together." Oh yeah, that's definitely my son, because he was yeah. already gone. But 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 when 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 you got pregnant, so but go ahead, go ahead. They know was gonna say something. I forget. I thought what the question was. No, I was just saying, oh. like I, I was because you know Defcon is uh the. That's who they thought Kanan's child was. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if there's any connection now between Howard and Defcon, like because he, I'm, I'm assuming he might have been a cop back then too. Um, uh, I don't I, think so. Are you are you assuming that perhaps maybe he had something to do with Defcon getting arrested? Perhaps. Um, who no. knows? I'm, I'm wondering if this might be something because obviously there's a history. You know, he he knows. Defcon is. But no, no. Remember in the monologue that he gave to Training Day? Uh huh. In that monologue, he was explaining 
that DEFCON was, you know, the Mount Rushmore of drug tech, the mm-hmm. drug dealer mm-hmm. people, and that um, Kanan is the prince. Yep. I think that that was something that was, if you're like Nikki Barnes, you compared him to Nikki Barnes. If you're someone who's already acquainted, uh, acquainted with that world, you would know who that person is just in general. So I don't think that he was any kind of arresting officer or had anything to, to do with that. He yeah. might not have been like an arresting officer or anything, but it's likely that they encountered each other. Cause if he's sleeping with Raquel so soon after <laughs> Def Con goes away, like, likely they know each other somehow, like, or they've been, It was encountered. a two year difference. And from what I understood, I thought that Howard and Raquel kind of went all the way back since kind of teenage years. Uh, we, I, I, that's a good. That's a good theory. I, I have no idea because I don't know if they they didn't really reveal and confirm that information yet. But uh, we'll see. Maybe the, they will. Maybe they will uh, expand upon that since you know since it's put out there now that yes that that is that is uh, his father. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if they're gonna tie any of that in. You know, if they, if there's any connection at all. Like, I'm not saying like he he's the one that arrested him or anything, but it's likely well, that they know of each other or something. So, they, well, 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 that 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 is a good point, and also I think there has to be an explanation as to why Raquel cut him off, cut off the relationship with Howard, because mm-hmm. that because they, they, there has to be a reason for that. Like, if if she I found out, well, well, yeah, that, that that that's that that is what I would assume it, it is. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we gotta see, we gotta see, but yeah, I would assume it definitely, obviously, is that you know, obviously, they're on two sides, you know, two sides. He's obviously doing with the law, she's doing some illegal activities, so yeah. But we'll see, we'll see. These these are good 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 things to to think about. So we'll see. Yeah. So I mean, the the final question, you know, since we're already here, is um. And I, I, I guess we've kind of like already talked this down already, but like, so is Kanan really Howard's son? And, you know, if, if this is the case, do you think there will be a situation where, uh, Kanan will end up, um, either wanting to be or being, you know, um, Howard's donor, you know, for, for his surgery that he needs? So I just wanted to get, you know, more of your perspective on that topic. In particular, we've we've kind of already talked about it, but do you have anything else to add to it? So Dana, you're making faces at me. So, uh, what, so <laughs> why would you randomly? The dude has kind of basically been a thorn in your side and mm. bothering your mother, like from from Cannon's perspective, bothering his mother, bothering him. He does not like cops. His mother raised him to kind of not like cops. Symphony doesn't like cops, and then all of a sudden, one you have to tell him that your dad. I don't. I'm gonna assume he never met because he went into jail. I wanna know how that timeline works. But um, the, the dad that he never met is not his father. But the guy who's always been kind of harassing him and hanging around the house is his real dad. And then you go on with that, and then you have to, you know, then understand that your mother lied to you. That your mom then went with a cop. I don't know if he was a cop then, or you know, he later went and became a cop. But you know, your mom now you part of a cop line or was a cop family. And no, would I no. I don't see Kanan being the kind of guy in general who's like, Hey buddy, I got you, no matter what. <laughs> you know, he doesn't seem to welcome people in lovingly into his arms 
We were like, hey, you need that uh, bone marrow? And also that process is very painful. So mm. no, I honestly think that power just in general will just go off and die. Cause like, and I'm just sorry, but like, just that doesn't make any sense. Why would you force your kid to do something, a painful situation, to do something that he probably doesn't want to do? Like, and then on top of that, Kanan would be extremely mad at his mom, so he's definitely not going to listen to her to go do the bone marrow. No. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Well, it, just to respond to the Howard situation, I we'll see what happens with Howard. I, I kind of feel like he will go out in a blaze of glory where it's going to be... So it, I don't think he's just going to die from the cancer. It's, it's probably going to be with this whole thing going on with Unique and, and Raquel, you know, maybe he'll get caught in the crossfire and he'll end up getting shot or something to that degree. But to answer your question, Gary, about Kanan and Howard's relationship, I do I do not see Kanan ever finding that out. If he finds out that information, it's going to be too little too late because you see Kanan's already going down the negative path. And I think it's going to be a situation where he's going to be too far gone Whereas he won't even entertain, if he ever hears that information, he won't even entertain entertain it at that point. I, if I had to make a prediction, I think that before this season is over, Kane is going to take another step in doing something very reckless and da- dangerous and violent. You saw him kill, D, uh, you know, you know, kill Tubuck, you know. Uh, tw- Buck Twenty. That's his name. See, I forgot his name. I guess I, sh- I guess I, I'm not as good as the newspapers that talk about him either. Uh, but yeah, Twenty. You know, you know, he he killed. He had a hand in killing this this guy. And then you see he gets into a fight with Scrappy in this episode. Not successful, by the way. So I kind of feel like by the end of this season, I, the character is probably going to take another step in a negative direction. Yes, he learned how to cook in this episode, but again, he's not yet the tough hardened individual he is that we know from regular power so some stuff is going to happen to make him get to that level maybe a character gets killed that is very important to him close to him and that leads to this as well but in terms of the stuff with Howard I I just it's hard to tell because they still could play that card where eventually he does find out about Howard and they have some type of conversation but I kind of feel like because he's going down a negative path I, I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to be cliche, but I kind of feel like it could be a situation where Kanan gets in over his head. He Maybe he kills some people, and then Howard is the one that comes in. It just happens to come and save him and then gets killed. And then at, as he is dying, Kanan, I am your father. <laughs> I really hope that don't happen, though, because that would be too cliche. I don't want to see it happen like that. But yeah, yo, go ahead. This- Dana's going to say something. Go, go ahead, Dana. You go I first. really want a situation where Kanan kills Howard and his last words is, I'm your father. And not, and then he just shoots. Here's the thing. Kanan, as we've seen, even with the end of this episode when he's cooking the crack or the, I don't know, crack? It's cocaine or crack? I don't know. Crack. What? Crack? crack? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. So, <laughs> as he's. The, the, co- the cocaine turns into crap when you cook it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you, I get, you're teaching me things. Snow, snowfall, snowfall. Snowfall? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cooking lesson right now. Um, so, what I was saying was, when you saw that episode, remember when he's with the razor blade and he's cutting it all up? Mm-hmm. I 
there was a smile on his face. There was that life, and then he gave that whole monologue about, oh, the life that we choose. He was like, no, I chose this on purpose. Yeah. Everything that he does, he knows what he wants to do. He's calculated. He's it's not a if or a wishy-washy thing. And that's what I also think that Raquel didn't like. But in regards to that, I think that he's willing to do whatever he has to do to protect his family and to protect the business and to protect himself. And I feel that in order to do that, he has to take out Howard. I don't know the circumstances of what will end up happening later in the episodes, but I do not see this boy willing to change or stop or bend in any way to Howard at all and that he will easily kill him. He is not someone who is going to shy away from from killing. If you look at one, he killed the, the, the guy whose name I can't remember. Um, he killed him. Uh, he was next to the guy who got his head blown off when Uncle Marvin <laughs> killed him. He didn't really blink. He was just like, oh. And then he threw up because like at first, what you do. But it wasn't like, oh my God, you killed him. Oh my God, what's going to happen? He didn't freak out. Right. Um, remember, his mama taught him how to shoot, and he got really happy with that. Yep. Okay. And then remember when we saw the blood on his shoe, and he went and he did the thing to clean off the blood on his shoe, and he looked at the blood and was like, eh. and then he went on with his day. It's 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 not something that he really sits and thinks about in his own his conscious, and he feels guilty about. So with Howard, he has to kill Howard, and I I look forward to that. And, and Rich is probably going to say what I'm going to say. But yeah, go, no, go, no, ahead. No, go, go ahead. You, you, I'm going to see if you say what I was, what I was thinking of. No, nah, no, nah, you go first. I was going to say if he does kill Howard, that yeah. is a perfect bookend to when he killed Sean, who yeah. was his son, supposedly. Mm. And was he his son? This is a family of lives. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah. telling. But that would yeah. be perfect. That show you how dark the character is. Killed his father and then he killed his own son. So. Yeah, see, I, see, I, I like that. Uh, I like how you guys put that, um, and and that that shows you know we, we're we're all writers here because you know we 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 you know we think of these things, these connections and these plot threads and stuff. Um, and yeah, that how you guys describe that that would be amazing if if that's how it ends, where you know he shoots him, um, he shoots his father, you know, and it plays into the whole him shooting Sean as well, his son. Like that would Head be, that would, yeah, that too, yeah, and that that would be amazing if if that's how it turns out. Um, so I also had like a different um, thought of what I think could happen, also, um, and and it could still end up the same way, but like what I think is going to happen. Um, this is similar to what Rich said, also. Actually, um, I do think that there's going to be a moment where Kanan gets in over his head. He gets into some serious stuff with Unique and his crew, and then Howard shows up and kind of def- defuses the situation and rescues Kanan. And you know they're in the car together, and I guess you know Howard is having a heart to heart with Kanan, and then he. You know, he kind of reveals that, you know, he is his father and everything. And he starts to talk about what happened between him and his mother. And, you know, Kanan is like just shocked and touched in that moment. And then Howard starts becoming visibly sick, you know, um, as he's, you know, saying this. And then, you know, Kanan's like, what was, what's going on? What's wrong? And, you know, he said, I've, I've got leukemia. They say, you know, I got 
I got X amount of days, you know, or weeks to, to, to live unless I find a match or whatever. And then, you know, that put plants it in Kanan's mind that he could be, you know, a, a donor. And then he might be wrestling with that thought for, for a while. I do think, like, if, if Raquel finds out about this, she's going to be 100% against it. She's not going to want him to be a donor at all. And she's going to actively keep, you know, the whole thing about him being the father away from Kanan. So that might make Kanan mad at, at Raquel for a while. Um, and, you know, she, she's definitely going to be a hundred percent against, you know, those two kind of having any type of relationship or whatever, right? Um, and then later on, it comes down to a moment where, you know, um, some serious stuff has happened with the, the, the gang situation, you know, the two crews. And it, you know, it comes down to Howard having to make a move and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, put a case or something on, on, on Raquel. And then maybe Kanan, you know, he has to, he has to choose if he, you know, is he going to, you know, protect his mother, protect his family and the business, or is he going to allow, you know, Howard to keep, you know, doing what he's doing, even though it's his father. And then, you know, maybe that can make him, that could lead into him making that decision to kill Howard, you know, because, because he's put, he's putting him, him out of his misery, you know, because he's sick. So he, that, that might, like, that, that might be how he sees it. That's not how, obviously, you know, that's, that's harsh to, 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 to think that, but well, that might be at that point in time, that might be how he views it. Like, well, you know, I, I, that, that I, I, might be how he chooses to resolve the situation. Well, I, I just want to say ahead. one. I just want to say one thing real quick. Then I want to hear what Data has to say. I, I think when you mentioned the part about him telling Kanan, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I am your father," and then he tells him, "Oh yeah, well I'm, I'm I'm sick. I need a donor." I think that's the kind of thing that will make Kanan think this guy is, is lying to try and get <laughs> this 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 uh trying mm-hmm. to get me to 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 do what he needs what he needs also because I think that is certainly something if you say that so quickly after. You, you say, "Oh yeah, I am your father, but I need I need this from you." That, that, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of that's kind of a bad, yeah, that, a bad, that, bad thing. So that does sound crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, go ahead, Dana. <laughs> I have no idea where in the Nicholas Sparks you came up with that whole thing. <laughs> it, that's just an alternate. No. That's just an alternate. You know. No. Right, no, I view it as we're in a stash house, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of similar to where we was at when everyone got shot up. So we're mm-hmm. in the stash house. And right now? No, this is the, the end of Omar's <laughs> life. All right. Something happened where we're in the stash house and it's Omar and it's Kanan, right? And mm-hmm. then boom, shoot out. Stop, stop. And he's trying to explain, you know, I'm your father. Don't do this. And he's like, I don't care who you are. Boom. And he kills him. And yep. then yeah. I don't <laughs> see the gushy, mushy, I'm your dad. You know, I'm Dante. Situation I, and I I, although, like I, I do like because we're dealing with TV and there has to be some kind of like drama and t- we're like, dealing with Kanan. And, and tension. Kanan no. is not mushy I, and gushy. You you with whole notebook? No, no. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I can't. I literally say. I I I one hundred. I one hundred percent think that he's gonna he, before Howard dies. He's gonna know that he's his father before that moment. I think. Yeah, I think that he's gonna and then Kanan's gonna be like, oh, I don't care who you are, boom, and then you're dead. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna like find out right there though. 
like they have I think there there has to be like a longer uh, period of of like suspension I think there's there's one other element that you have to add into this as well and that is that Raquel and her role in all of this because you know that she will do whatever she can to protect Kanan she will tell him stuff or or you know withhold information from him so that he doesn't know the truth and yeah. I I think that is the confrontation that we're going to eventually get is the mother and the son yeah. because there's a lot of stuff that she has done that we've seen already that she has had a hand in so far this season and when Kanan finds out about that I will be very curious to see what his reaction is going to be then because we already know he will do whatever he needs to do going back to what Dana said before about the first episode and how she teaches him how to shoot and he has that smirk at the end and I think Dana said it best she realizes that she has created a monster so this is going to come full circle but that's just my opinion but yes yeah, she's going to play a role in this to try to make sure that Howard does not tell him the truth uh, or if he does tell him she's going to do whatever she can to say no he's lying he's lying all this other stuff so yeah, we'll see yeah I, I agree I, I think because there has to be that tension between you know all three of them I think there needs to be a longer period of time of him knowing about it before you know how it dies I think but I, I do like I think that's beautiful the way you guys put it where Kanan is the one to, to kill him like that would be just beautiful you know um. <laughs> or 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 you can go back and and see this remember when um Raquel in this episode found the blood on the shirt and mm -hmm. was just waiting downstairs and she was like oh I waited all these days for you to tell me but you never said anything yeah. What if she? What if he pulls the same card? Yeah. After he finds out that um, Howard is his dad, where he's like, "Oh, I just sat here and waited this whole time, and you never yeah. told me." That that's a great, yeah. See, exactly. writer. That's a writer right there. You <laughs> got it. That's that. Yeah, because she said that twice. Because she even said it with Marvin. When mm -hmm. Marvin, she waited for Marvin to tell her the truth as well. So yeah, mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. that's perfect. I like that. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, uh, this was a, an excellent uh, conversation. I definitely want mm -hmm. everyone to chime in. Let us know what you think about that. How how this is going to play out? Because this is obviously a huge plot twist. You know, um, this I'm I'm pretty sure like Twitter is going to explode. You know, uh, when oh, when yeah. this 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 uh, episode airs and everything. So definitely let us know your theories and what you think of this whole you know Howard situation. Um, but yeah, unless you guys had anything else, we'll get to shout outs and then, you know, that's it. So did you guys have anything else you wanted to uh, touch on from this episode? Go well, ahead, remember, you... not from this episode, but from in general, uh, Richard, I know you wanted to bring up the Courtney Kemp situation. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, the news, the news. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that briefly for those of you who don't know. And I, how I found out the news, Courtney Kemp sent out a tweet a few days ago. Saying that she has signed a uh, eight-figure deal with Netflix, and I must admit, I, I'm a little ignorant because I've never heard of an eight-figure deal. In the, yeah. I've heard, heard six-figure, I've never heard of eight figures. So I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of money." Yeah, that's, um, that's a whole lot of money. So she's it's the same deal that they gave Shonda. Yeah, you said uh, Shonda and, uh, and Ryan, Ryan Murphy, Murphy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, see, so that's great. So how this impacts power is she's still going to be the executive producer on the shows. Um, but she is currently working on developing new shows and stuff for Netflix. So 
congratulations to her. Um, that's a fantastic opportunity. I have no idea what she's making for Netflix. It's too early to really decipher that. But I'm glad to know that she's still going to be somewhat creatively involved in power uh, to some degree. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how much, though. Like, I really want to know how much <laughs> this is going to affect power because executive producer like you can be an executive producer but not have that much to do with what's going on but i i what i think is like i think because she was so heavily involved in it she still has to kind of like pass off her ideas and the things she set up and all that stuff so she has to kind of be there still i mean not physically but like she has to be on call to kind of you know assist whoever's you know taking the reins um, because she's, she was so heavily invested in it. Like, this is her baby. So, you know, she, she kind of has to still play a small part in the future because she worked so heavily on it. So, you know, uh, but I do wonder if this is going to have any effect on power in the long run. But Dana, what do you think about that? Well, if you look at the situation with Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy is over, remember at FX, he created all of the American Horror Story. And all of the 18 different, now we have different spinoffs. We have stories, anthologies, anthology, and then they announced even more shows coming in the American horror. And they also remember American Crime Story that he did with OJ and he did with the other one. point that I'm getting is this, he signs his overall deal with Netflix for like $100 million too. And the shows, as we've seen, he's still involved with all of the American horrors and all of the American... So it's not going to impact this at all. And also, if you look at Shonda Rhimes, when she jumped ship initially and went to over to Netflix, what are we in? The, the 50th uh, season of Grey's Anatomy. So it's going to be all right. Yeah, uh, I think there'll be somewhere, somewhere will be affected. Maybe not right away, but I think somewhere down the line, just because like, it's so, do you know how hard it is to balance like multiple creative projects? And she's doing how many shows on Netflix? Like six or something? Like six? how many? Well, hold on. They, 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 I don't think they announced the number of shows that she's doing. Oh, okay. I, I thought the article said she's doing uh, X amount of stuff. Like she's bringing X amount of shows or something like that. Well, I, I, I need to, I need to check that again. I, I know right now she is in charge of, uh, of course, uh, Power Book Two Ghosts, uh, Raising Canaan. Right. Uh, the Tommy show and if the influence show with uh, Terence, uh, you know, with Lorenz Tate is still on because that was not mentioned in the article. So I, but I would assume that's still happening. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't think we'll see any effects at the moment. No, no. But, but like, but I'm just thinking long term, like, but, 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 but we also have to be realistic. I, I don't expect all the power shows to last forever. <laughs> They're going to end at some point. So, um, unless she, unless, you know, Tariq, you know, ends up having a kid and now there's a power <laughs> show about the kid. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't think that's going to happen, but it's, it's, we'll see how it happens. But yeah, I, I don't think it's going to impact the, uh, shows yet. Uh, yeah, but I do, I'm curious to know what she's going to be doing for Netflix for sure. Yeah, I, I, I am curious, and I, I will be supporting whatever she she brings to Netflix. I'll I'll be checking it out. So, oh yeah, 100%. and they and, and the, the article. No, they didn't say how many shows it was, but they she did say that she was looking to um, move from Lionsgate because Lionsgate's own stars. It's their yeah. yeah. channel, and yeah. that she was looking. She wanted to work with new people, 
And the problem with Lionsgate is they underbid. Yep, that's they what I'm gonna say. That's what I was gonna so, say. I was surprised. Yeah, see, see to me, to me, that sounds like she she's slowly moving away from power. That that's how that sounds to me. That, that's that, that's just me though. That that's how it sounds to me. You know? <laughs> no, dude. I mean, she she said new series and other projects, so that could also be movies, you yeah. know, as well. Um, yeah. So that that and it's also it's for a four year agreement. Mm, wow. Um, and here's the yay for her, not me, because I'm, I'm, I'm my bank account is empty. Um, after the four year agreement, there's a possibility of her compensation riding to nine figures. Whoa! I don't know how many numbers that is. Wow! So nine, whatever. I've never Google. heard of these type of deals. You know. Google. So yeah, a lot. Nine figures. Nine figures. Bro, so, so nine deadline. figures. For nine figures, man, she she's gonna be, man, she's saying, you know what, fifty, good luck, man. That's that's what she's saying. Poor Lionsgate and poor stars at this point, because if you really look at it, you know the main streaming platforms. If you they left, you got rid of power, like just in general, stars would be in trouble. Oh yeah, kind of, because if you look at yeah. number Netflix also signed that overall deal as well. Where they took away shows that would um, go to, I feel like it was Epic. That after they they go on the um, after, I'm not speaking clearly. Sorry, after a, mu- a movie debuts in the theater, you know how it immediately would go to streaming services, and then it would be picked up on on Epics or Stars, for example. They're losing that to Netflix. Netflix got that one billion dollar deal, and yeah. said it connected also to Sony. So. Yeah, and, and and we know that we know that like see this is the thing with Lionsgate. Lionsgate needs to be paying these people because Lionsgate yeah, said they they want to be Netflix. They they want you know the stars yeah. to, well, that, to be Netflix. And no. if, if like <laughs> these people are putting on for stars right now, Courtney Kemp, Fifty Cent, like they they are doing major things. So they need to be giving up the money like that these people need to to make these shows because. They're bringing yeah. a lot of stuff. Like they got like free powers, like come in. They got BMF. Um, shouts to stars, by the way. Um, yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they, they got a lot of content coming up. So, so they, they need to be giving up that money. Man. But, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 and I have to say, rightfully so, I agree. They need to pay up because I remember when I jumped on the stars app for the first time. It feel it, you know I could be a hundred percent wrong. It feels like Power is the show that got all those people to subscribe to Stars and really want to check out Stars. You mm-hmm. know they had other shows on there, but that show in particular is what kickstarted a lot of this. Well, so. yeah, it's, it's a Game of Thrones situation. Remember after Game of Thrones ended, HBO immediately put out a trailer said, "Please don't cancel us. Here's what we also have. Please mm-hmm. stay." So you you and um and then, yeah. And then they proceeded to have other shows and cancel them after one season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, happened to, what happened to American Gods, man? Uh, oh, that, that show was gone. It's over. After <laughs> Finally canceled. canceled. Yeah. Yeah, they canceled that. But, but wow. they have other shows coming up. You know, Heels, mm-hmm. which I know Dana has spoken My highly of. I love the show. Yeah. Sorry. He, Heels and, B, and, B, and BMF. So they, they're good. 
and I and I and I and I actually started watching uh, the uh, blind spotting show the, uh, the you know a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. It's an okay show. So they got oh, okay. some stuff. But it you know, but Power was the show that's brought people to the app and say, yeah, this is a show you yeah. need to watch. So yeah, I mean, okay, so, what, so what what happens if now you know Netflix says. Fifty, come get this nine million. Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of feels like that's going to happen at some point. I, I would not be surprised if it happens. He, he has had a show on ABC, a lot, a lot of different shows. So it kind of feels a little surprising they haven't approached him yet, unless they did approach him and he said the offer wasn't good enough. They need to offer me more. But mm. it's going to probably happen sooner or later. I would be surprised if it doesn't. Oh yeah, it's gonna absolutely happen. You know, and he yeah. has way more shows in the works. That's more than just BMF. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So, that, that's know. that's the thing. Like, I think he's con contractually locked into a lot of things with stars. So, so maybe you know, I, I don't know if he can take any offers, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I guess. I mean, I, I'm not his lawyer. I don't know. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't claim to be. You know, I, I don't want to like speculate too much because then people in the comments say, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, so. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what, what, was there anything else? Uh, yes. Anyway? Yeah, Dana. So I interviewed. It's coming up soon. I've edited. I interviewed Akeem Black. Akeem mm -hmm. Black is the actor who portrayed Trez G. Right. And nothing, this is not like breaking news or confirmed things yet because we have to wait. But I talked to him about, you know, he was murdered obviously by Unique in that scene. Remember he was the childhood friend who got addicted to the, to the supply, got high on the own supply and then he killed him. Right. And I was asking, will we get to see a relationship, like a flashback about the relationship that you and Unique had? And he said that, you know, the door is open for any possibilities. So while that's not a confirmation of a yes or a no, I know that you guys said they were filming and then season two, mm -hmm. we could easily get a flashback that really showed the connection that they had. And overall, it would show the kind of relationship and personality of Unique and his backstory. Mm. So yeah. yeah. And that, that, interview, that interview will be posted when you guys see this video. Yeah, so so go check that out on the channel as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, did did you have some thoughts about that, Richard? Oh no, I just I just was curious. I'm curious to know if uh, if that flashback happens, if it's going to be a flashback of Trez G and Unique listening to a Paula Abdul song because the <laughs> character loves that 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 that, that, that musician. So, yeah, that it. was that was hilarious when you started saying. <laughs> That was like the most gangster moment ever, and then he started singing Paul Abdul. Like, that was, uh, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for like these, you know, flashbacks and seeing more insight into these characters and stuff. Cause, cause they, they've made these characters feel very alive. So, uh, you know, I, I want to see, you know, more of their history and backstories and things of that nature. So I'd be open to seeing that for sure. Um, I, I think I kind of think it should happen this season because, like, if they leave it to next season, people might not remember. Like, but, but yeah, like, I, I'm all for seeing that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, was there anything else at all power related? That was, to that was everything. 
Okay, so yeah, uh, let's get to shout outs and then, you know, end this off. So, um, I'll go first real quick. I do want to shout out to, uh, Born King, who was the commenter. You know, I, I want to give him a shout out because, you know, I, I appreciate all comments, good or bad. Um, and, you know, he said that, you know, I'm not in tune with, with hip hop or whatever because, because of the statement I made last week about, you know, some rappers being around street dudes, but, you know, the rapper isn't always street himself. Um, the way I meant that was like, yeah, there are rappers who have been in the streets for sure. Um, and, you know, one of them, you know, is very well documented and, you know, part of this show. So, so, um, you know, in, in power and everything. So, you know, of course there are rappers who have been in the streets who have a history. We know that already. I was just specifically talking you know, within the context of famous in Raising Kingdom mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, he's he's rapping street stuff, but he's not really in the streets. And I'm wondering if they're going to show that aspect of, you know, hip hop where that sometimes does happen, where a rapper is pretending, you know, to be mm-hmm. to be street. Um, yeah, yep. Because that, that does happen. That. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have Lulu, who who really is the street dude, and he's kind of giving authenticity to the situation. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was talking about, you know. Um, but I I want to say that you know, Born King, I took the time to to listen to some of your videos, and I quite like what you're doing. So um, if you're open to it, I'd be open to making some content with you because you seem you know pretty cool. You know, you know your hip hop history, and I love talking hip hop. So. So, you know, if, if you ever want to do some content, I'm open to that. If you're listening, you know, he might not be listening, but who knows? But yeah, I definitely wanted to shout him out. And, uh, I wanted to shout out, uh, Raiwan as well. Cause they said I look like Kane from Power Book 2. So <laughs> that, that, that made my day because, you know, he said I look like a power character. I feel yeah. like I sh- I should be in power, you know. I I should be like the British Connect or something. So, <laughs> so. yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, he right. Yeah, yeah. So big shouts to 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 them, and uh, also shouts to Robert Silver. You know, he's been a, a loyal listener, um, and he's always you know every week he tweets at me and lets me know you know what he thinks of the show and everything. He agrees a lot with uh you know you two Richard and Dana. So so you know big shouts to him um and also shouts to uh anna because you know she's always uh she she sends me her feedback direct you know you, you need to start leaving comments but, but yeah oh um, <laughs> yeah shouts to, to anna so yeah i want to shout out to everyone who who listens to this show um i did some analytics and i see that you know there's people listening in you know in africa ghana nigeria you yeah. know place places like that so you know, big shouts to to everyone around the world who who listens to Power. You know, we are on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube. You know, and and you can visit thecoalition.com, coalition with a K, and you know you can see all of our content on there also. Um, so yeah, thanks for for everyone who supports the show. Um, Dana, any shout outs from your side? There we go. Get it. Um, I just wanted to say really quickly that I did have information about Power of Book 2. I forgot. Sorry. Lo siento. Um, it comes back sometime around November and that Courtney Kip did an interview with Entertainment Weekly and in that interview she explained where we're going to pick up for that show in season 2 and that she said that 
it will pick up directly after the death of good old Jabari. Remember Jabari? <laughs> Get out, Professor Jabari. Um, she says that um, the murder will generate a big response back at the Stanfield University, um, where we had begun an encroachment on his drug life into school life with the incidents that took place in episode eight with the attempt on his life and the body in the pool. Now his whole life, now his whole drug life is, cra- is crashed into his campus life in a real way. So we're going to see, you know, everything basically just starts to crumble. He's not able to t- keep those two lives of uh, my, my drug life and I'm also a student separate now. Um, people are going to start figuring out what he really does. And they knew that he is the father of a uh, ghost, but what they did. Their son. Yeah, I said the father. Sorry. <laughs> he knew that he was the son of Ghost, but now they're going to really, you know, put two and two together. And remember when he was selling the drugs on the app situation, they're going to start putting that together. And there's going to be some ramifications behind that. Uh-oh. And remember his friend that was with him also on the app, you know, helping him and being the side partner. Uh, they're going to start testing that relationship again. Uh, so we're going to see how that plays out. Um, also, it did say that Tariq definitely feels like he's walking around as a ticking time bomb. His relationships are going to start to get more complicated. And while that's all happening, he's still got a love life. So, yay. We're going to see that um, happen. And, and and that should be interesting. And the mirror I said, it's going to drop around sometime in November. We don't have a date that's fully locked in. But hopefully, if there's no shutdowns, we'll get that in time. And also for shout-outs, thank you to everyone who is listening. And thank you for your continued support. Indeed. For sure. That, that sounds exciting, you know, for, for, for the next book, too. Uh, Rich, um, any shout-outs? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to both you and Dana. Excellent show, as always. Shout out to all of the people that continue to listen and support the content we make. Uh, we, we definitely want to get you guys opinions on some of the, the discussions we had today. So please do leave a comment. Uh, you can consider liking and subscribing as well, but definitely, definitely comment because I think what we, what we are willing to do on this show, which I don't see on a lot of other power shows is that we're able to have these deeper conversations. So if you like these conversations and you have an opinion, I would love to hear your opinion. So definitely would encourage you to do so. Consider doing so. But thank you for your continued support. And we look forward to talking more power next week. Yeah, can't wait. Um, so, yeah, we, we will return next week. And until then, you know, everyone take care of yourselves and have a great week. Yes. Peace out. Peace.